Do you think the peach emoji really encompasses a woman's ass as far as the shape? Oh, I think it's close enough. So if you see an ass in your mind and you want to draw it, do you see a peach first or you see the ass? Um, I definitely see the ass. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But then if you see the eggplant emoji, you already know, unfortunately, from past experience how that looks too on the man. So you can draw that too if you had to. Yeah, I mean, I prefer not to, but, you know... thing that i'm so familiar by now with doing because it just happens to be my show my thing my investment my baby if i could hold it physically as a tangible object as i hope you're not able to hear my next door neighbor with their child who's screaming day and night her head off i mean (laughs) well you get the concept this is my baby my brain trust my investment this is something spectacular hosted by me who this in case you don't know by now, you're not familiar, first time, whatever the case may be, that stands for who's hearing out that intelligence speaking. Is there a giant in the building I, I hear stomping? Or I feel at least on the floor. I don't know if that was you or me. <laughs> me. You referring to the guest, which we'll get to in a little bit right now. We'll give him the proper introduction as he so rightfully deserves. He's a frequent collaborator on the art tip pause with Brendan, good friend to the show as well. And all of them as well, that whole group, you know, Franny, shout outs to him. Frankie the Pain as well, shout outs to him. Dr. Mike on the drums, shout outs to him as well. But listen, before we get into things with the guest today, a very special guest, a very different guest, the first time ever for the show, at least, a non musician slash artist guest, but still an artist in his own realm, per se. First time ever for that, so that also deserves applause. First of its kind, we always got to clap that up and give it its just due and spotlight the shine properly. I got to get one thing off my chest. Now, I can't speak for the guest, obviously, but we'll let him give his insight on that end as far as that world's concerned. But, you know, relationships are a bitch. I'm sure we know that by now. Personal, as far as the family, intimate. We're going to focus right now on the intimate part because there's a thing... Where if you're a man, you go out with a woman, or of course, modern times too, you know, the LGBTQ community is strong in its presence, you know, we gotta give them their just due as well. Man and man, woman and woman, transition, etc., etc. how they do it. It's all, you know, it's all good here. But right now, if we're talking about, let's say a man courts a woman, that woman happens to be a cat lover, which... You know, women aren't strangers to cats. They have cats in the sense of having pussies, so that's fine, too. They're born with it. That's that's fine, too. Or, you know, if they transition, they get one, too, as well. But right now, you meet a woman that's a cat owner. You get into a relationship. You get involved heavily. You become serious. You get married. Let's just pretend case scenario. Okay. You become a cat owner as 
as much as they are too. You're heavily invested in the cat because you obviously want the cat that she's got. You know, you know what I'm talking about. But at some point, cats, they're not my favorite animals because I'm allergic to them, one and two. They have an attitude. They're not like dogs who are kind of dumb and loyal to a point where you can come short of like snipping their balls off. They're neutered and they're still loyal to you. They're just like, or not as enthusiastic as a dog would normally be. But when you got a cat, sometimes the cat people, I guess, or the adopted cat people, as in, I meet someone, she has a cat, now I co-own the cat with that person until the cat dies, hopefully soon, but now I got to buy into the habits of, like, now there's organic cat food, there's a vegan cat food, I didn't know cats could be vegan, but listen, whether you co-own or co-adopted a cat, 50-50, however which way you paint it, when you get to the point to have to cater to the cat, in your mind, you think you have to, and you throw out the basic concept of you own the cat. It's not like, oh, the cat chose us or the cat came into our lives. No, you own the fucking cat. Like in the case of Angel, again, friend to the show, family to the show, and his girlfriend, they own three cats, three very hairy, fat cats full of masa. You own the cat. There's no need to cater to the cat because the cat, regardless of how nice and or apparently nice they might be to you, they like to be cats. They like to be evasive. The three of them, they all got three different personalities. Uh, one I haven't seen till yet. He's so dark and black or whatever. Maybe I just, I've just been there going at night, so I, I haven't really paid attention. The other one's kind of like here and there, bipolar, allegedly doesn't like people at all, but has taken liking to me, but then kind of runs away anyway when I get too near. And then there's Dante, I believe, if I got the name right, who's the hoe of the three who loves everybody, and always meow, meow, meow this, meow, meow, meow that, whatever, for all attention, and rub his fat belly and shit, and, of course, to feed him, most importantly, what he wants. But when you start to do, like, what I saw in this IG post the other day, these fucking simps, these fucking pet cucks, play up so much to the fucking cat of all things, they order, or, I I don't even want to think, unless they live in Brooklyn, of course, built their own fucking litter box decoration for the fucking cat to make it look like the cat drives a taco truck, which, of course, because he's a fucking cat or she's a fucking cat or it's a fucking cat, it's a fish taco truck that the cat drives just so he can feel all nice and cozy and familiar with his immediate surroundings when it's time to take, of all things, a shit in the litter box, which is what it's there for. First off, litter boxes are annoying because... Why not just buy some sand for the goddamn cat, put that in the box, and have him shit, it, she, whatever, all they need to get the job done, end the day, sand doesn't have, like, the fucking, what, crystals or specks or whatever they put in the fancy litter box shit now to kind of defuse the odor that otherwise shit acquires as days pass. And I know you lazy fucks out there, whoever, AO, girlfriend and such, and whoever else may be out there as a cat owner, you know you let a couple of days pass. You're not on top of that shit daily just for the sake of getting rid of the aroma. Because just like I'm sure my guest here has been the other places of cat owners as I've been to, you know you stepped into the realms of a cat owner strictly by smell alone. It's like a dog person as I've always been. I smell dog when I go see other people that live and own dogs, just like they've 
remitted back to me as well. They smell dog. It lingers. It might have been on the lighter side because my dog was smaller and not as smelly and actually kind of, what do you call it, like conscious of their aroma, I guess, because he licked himself all day like a fucking cat anyway. Rest in peace to him, by the way. Really good dog. It's still there. You can't hide it. So now on top of that, you got to decorate their fucking shit box of all things to make them feel better about themselves. No. No, 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 no. Now pet owners are out there cucking themselves, more specifically cat owners, because on top of that too, one of my neighbors here the other day in the building I live in got, first time ever I see this for a dog. I didn't know dogs need this either. But apparently there's such a thing as an elevated dog bed that dogs need apparently because, oh, it throws their spine off if they have a regular dog bed made for them either way because it's a dog bed. But now they need an elevated dog bed because, oh, you know, dogs are so smart. They know to fucking throw their whole bodies into the space of the confines of the bed. Not like dogs normally would have their head dangling off the side of whatever they're fucking sleeping on. Either way, throwing the necks off a balance and out of sync and the spines are misaligned because of it too. And then if you got a wiener dog, they're all kinds of fucked up because they're not supposed to be jumping, period. But then the small, tiny dogs, at least, they can't help but jump on furniture and get rambunctious and go around. And then I know it's not that funny thinking of it, but <laughs> in one of the old buildings I lived in growing up as a kid, uh, the lady on the fifth floor, I was on the second floor, the lady on the fifth floor had a wiener dog. Nice dog too, very nice. Always licked my hand when it passed by too or walking whatever. But the dog wasn't even that old. I think it didn't even make it to 10 years old before they had to put it to sleep. Kind of been a while since I seen him. But I asked her one day, oh, uh, what happened to the dog? You know, um, is he punished? Has he been that bad? Whatever. I'm young. I don't know. So they, oh, no, you know, look at Paso because he was Spanish. Uh, I think Honduran or something. No, what happened was uh, my son was kind of rushing, I guess, that day. Or I don't know what happened. But the point is the dog ran out the house. And his paws didn't grip the floor quick enough. So he kind of slipped. And he, like, shot off. So much that he stumbled, like, like two flights of stairs somehow. Like, and I wanted to not laugh in the face. She stopped talking to me after this, too, because I really did a bad job of not, like, holding back my laughter. Only because I was thinking, it's a wiener dog. It's, it's got a long, extended body. So much that when it stumbles and it goes down, tumbling down a flight of stairs, I think it should stop at the halfway point before it gets to the next flight. But she kept saying how it made it to the midway point and then kept going down the other flight of stairs and then stopped. And then, unfortunately, like its spine was all misaligned and fucked up so much that it would have been surgery. It would have been trying to put the dog together practically. So they just ended up putting it to sleep anyway. But, you know, wiener dogs, that's enough of a hassle right there. And then jokes endlessly for days. If I had a wiener dog, like, you know, it'd be as bad as like dad jokes are with like, you know, Check out my wiener. How do you like it? It's like, what? Like my dog. You know, Sam. Check him out. He's a wiener dog. Hot dog. Get it? We're in the summer. Pandemic. But I I like to throw it back to my guest now and ask him, simply put to the point, have you ever stepped into a a home that's not as big? Let's say like a New York apartment that's filled with more than two cats in it? Yes, definitely. Have you ever had to smell that apartment itself? Had to take a whiff of that litter box once you stumble upon it. Yes. Is it a pleasant smell? Um, not in particular, no. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's enough. 
even my guest here, as, as much as a gentleman, as an artist as he is too, he's had enough of it too in this case scenario and in general too. So we need to put that aside. More importantly, we're going on to, as I mentioned earlier, the first of his kind, an artist, non-musician, which I'm proud to say because, you know, shout out to everybody that's been on the program so far. Uh, I guess, if anything, mostly thank you to A.O. Angel, a uh, good friend to the show and family as well, deserves an applause. Put me on to a lot of great people, such as the following thing I'm going to play from someone I met a, well, via Zoom. I haven't met her in person yet or who she's associated with in person yet. I hope to soon once this pandemic's over. Uh, Melly Murphy, you know, good friend to the show as well. Appreciates the podcast. I appreciate what she does as an artist as well, too. She just dropped a new single called Just Vibe, featuring, I believe, Chris Kim. I don't want to mess that up. I'll probably correct myself later. But before we jump into and talk with our guest today, Kosuke James. I got it right, right? Kosuke James. Oh, my God. I'm going to write <laughs> that get down. It, you'll get I'm going to look at the screen and just look at it. But shout out to Melly Murphy for dropping her first official single called Just Vibe. I left a comment on her IG saying once she dropped the song officially this past Friday at midnight, saying that we got robbed of a whole summer in the sense of this song deserved a whole summer just for the sake of the title and what it does audio-wise. It put me in a trance. I instantly felt better about myself doing as the title implies just vibe and doing everything she does. And you know, I appreciate the fact Melly Murphy just vibe. That's the point. We'll play that. We'll get back to... James Kosuke. Yes, sir. Did I get it right? I think you're getting there. Yeah, I'm almost getting there. Yeah. But after we get into this, just vibe from Melly Murphy again, we'll come back with more from Something Spectacular, who this myself, and of course the guest for today, non-musician artist, first of his kind. We'll be back after this. Melly Murphy, shout out to you. Project coming out in full soon enough. We'll know when. She'll let us know officially and appropriately so. No, I can't feel my legs. The time I saw you leave, I felt something I couldn't take. I was trying to play it cool, thinking we could just be friends. Yeah, you drink slate dust. I realize, I realize that I got up so quickly in the night. Say goodbye. Somebody, your eyes got me close to you. Somebody, your smile got me close to you. I've been searching for something new. Just fight. I've been searching for something new. Just fight. I've been searching for something new. Afraid to open up, but felt so goddamn close to ya. The universe had other plans in mind for us. We've got to learn to trust. The stars align to satisfy wanderlust. Somebody, your eyes got me close to you. Somebody, your smile got me close to you. 
Back to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I got another little treat for you in case you wanted some more Melly Murphy. Kosuke, did I get it right now? Yes. Okay, Kosuke. Kosuke, Kosuke, Kosuke. That's an old trick old supervisor of mine had to learn everybody's name, which he would learn from first time meeting them somehow. Say right. them immediately three times fast, Kosuke, 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 and then somehow tattoo it on his brain. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get it soon because I got too much brain damage. Actually, I never got your real name. Oh, my name's Jorge. Jorge. Yeah. Pleasure to meet you, man. Finally. Is mine as well. Officially in person, as far as me being a fan of your work, it, it's great to finally touch base with you and um, have you in here in person. As you can hear, the audio quality is much better than the Zoom call would be. Yeah, non-digitally. Yeah, Zoom kind of robs you of the, obviously, the personal touch of actually interacting with somebody, considering it's the first time we, like, meet face-to-face and even, like, talk like that, besides, you know, Sending up according to IG via DMs and such. I want to emphasize again: it's Kosuke. Kos. Kosuke. Kosuke. Kosuke James. Yeah, that's who he is, and what he does is he's an artist. And I know I said it already enough times, but I just got to emphasize because it's important. It, it's good to be first with new things, as far as the podcast is concerned, as far as life's concerned. So you are officially, and thank you for being so, the first artist on the show. That's legit an artist artist as far as you put paintbrush to canvas, you put pencil to pad, or in this case, you put your fingers on the app on your phone or iPad or whatever you use and create art in the sense of you made flyers for Brendan for his shows and everything he's got going on too. You've got a lot of other work going on too as far as the logos you made. You can check out his IG page, which uh, please... uh, Tell us where we can reach on IG just so they can have a quick point of reference first before we get into so things. So my main account is Kosuke James. It's K-O-S-U-K-E-J-A-M-E-S. And I also have a custom sneaker account, which yes, is called do. I Draw on Kicks. Mm-hmm. 
I D R A W K I C K S. And I also have another account just for logos and digital ah. artwork, which is uh, KosukeJames.psd. Yes, you do have all three accounts. It's great that you specified which goes according to what, because, mm-hmm. of course, you got the personal. You put everything pretty much in general on display. You got the other one exclusively for the sneakers and or kicks you do, which I saw now you came in with your own pair you did for yourself, yes, which are uh, very standout-ish colors. Uh, how often do you get stopped, if anything, even now, less people outside about your kicks or your artwork you've done on your feet? Um, You know, um, it depends. Like, maybe if I'm at a bar or something um, or, like, at a cafe, walking on the street sometimes, at a store or, like, a art event in particular, I would say I'll have the most attention. Yeah, people ask me, like, you know, who did those or did you do them? Mm. And, you know, I just refer them to my uh, IG page. Nice. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll tell them to hit me up through email or DM. Now, I know you said, actually, you just started sneaker-wise. You just started drawing on them, designing them about two years ago or so. Yes, sir. What got you into that to begin with, the sneakers? So... I was invited to be a part of this uh, annual uh, art festival called Bushwick Open Studios. Mm. And I was going to exhibit as an artist. And, you know, I had my usual prints, my illustrations ready for Mm. the event. Uh, I think it was like a week prior to the event. And, you know, I just wanted to do something different, you know. And one of my good friends of mine that lives in Japan right now, um, he was drawing on shoes at the time, and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll do something like that, you know? Hmm. I just wanted to do something different, you know, like choose a different canvas. And I bought a brand new pair of uh, Adidas Superstar, okay, all white, drew on that, um, and I posted on Instagram. And next thing you know, you know, hmm. people were hitting me up about it. I had a lot of reactions and engagement. And during an event, uh, I decided to do another pair of sneakers and i hmm. bought i went to a kiss store in soho or noho and i bought a brand new pair of all white fresh air force ones mm-hmm. drew on that and that even got a better reaction and that's when i started you know drawing on sneakers basically nice and i ended up making a whole different account just for instagram well it seems like it had to right just so you can have like those inquiries separate from like I guess everything else you do too. Yeah. Wow. So it was really buzzing like that as far as like you had the need to do it. Yeah. I had a lot of people tell me like I should do more of these uh sneaker art. So ever since then I've just been paying on sneakers. Hmm. Now I-, I know you said that you had a friend who was doing it and you got inspired to do it on your own because of him in Japan. Yeah. And also, you know, like it's it it's been a trend to yeah, you know yeah. for you know artists time, to yeah. customize sneakers especially mm-hmm. like the recent couple years yeah, yeah recent years so you know like if they can do it why why not you know why can i do it you know exactly and you're local too so accessible to whoever's here too but exactly. uh I, I know you specified you had the adidas pair you started out with and then you followed that up with the nike uptowns the air force ones right well 
I can speak on my end. I'm not a fan of Air Force One just because they always look the ugliest when they kind of curl up at the toe. Right, right. Or they wrinkle at the, the front. Cre- yeah, it, it creases up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like an ugly crease. It's right. like a, it's like a smug face or something when like someone smells a fart or something. It looks like <laughs> it's it's yeah. a bad look. Yeah. But definitely. do you have uh, a preferred pair that you like to draw on, or let's say easier per se to do? Um, actually, Air Force Ones is my you know favorite. Mm. Um, as far as you know, the way it's designed, um, like the blocking of the shoe and it's just a lot more room for me to draw it's mm. it's a big canvas um comparing to like superstars or you know air jordan ones mm. at wearing it wise it's not really my favorite just because you know like that's all i used to wear back in high school like mm. all white yeah. air force ones and it's just like very heavy and very bulky yeah you yeah. know but as far as you know painting and drawing on them that's my favorite okay and the funny thing is, too, that caught me was that considering you've been doing it for two years now, you have an account solely for designing and or customizing them as well. You're not really a sneakerhead yourself. Um, I would say that's one of my interests. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really consider myself a sneakerhead comparing to like the real sneakerheads right. out there. You but know? you're not camping outside to get a pair. You're not nah. doing the online raffles, whatever. Um, It depends on a pair. You know, now I'm more in the industry you know i'm more aware of you know what comes out on a regular basis so you know i'll try to get one but it's just it's so hard to get you know yeah with the bots and such nowadays too exactly you know it's so disheartening to even try anymore now yeah because even if you do it's like you got them for the price you got but then something else is coming out the week after or 10 different kind of colors or whatever you just bought now yeah. Or it's like impossible anyway to even get them and then you got to do the the resale thing or you got to buy them after the fact. Exactly. Which I started to hate to do because I had no choice sometimes. Exactly. So and, that's you know, why I kind of stopped myself at least. Right. And, you know, depending on the model of the sneakers, some, you know, yeah. triple, quadruple the price, oh. of, you know, retail price. So, I mean, you know, I, I try to go for the ones that are really unique, mm-hmm. you know. Um, recently I've been into uh, SB Dunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The They're cool. Um, I was in love with the Ben and Jerry's that one that dropped. Oh yeah, I was yeah. trying so hard. I actually tried to get those, but of course, no luck. So yeah, and I think they retail for about a hundred bucks, but now like <sighs> they're reselling for like fifteen hundred bucks, maybe. I think StockX last time I checked was fifteen, sixteen. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself sneakerhead. Maybe in the art world, mm. I might be, but. You know, but I, I still do like sneakers a lot, you know. No, I, I get that because it it's it just seems weird that not weird bad, but meaning weird that you'd go to sneakers to like explore that realm of like customizing and designing, which is, you know, creative enough for you to do, but not being a sneakerhead yourself to know like, oh well, I might as well jump into this or this is like a lucrative market. It just seemed like something you legit wanted to go into genuinely. Yeah, it, it wasn't for like hoeing yourself out just because I like sneakers. I'll make some money off of this, whatever. Just wanted to have like a new canvas per se. Yeah, and you know, I've I've been. I'm. I mean, I'm really interested in fashion as well. You know, that's another thing. Like, I started out printing on t-shirts and stuff like that. So. Now that's interesting though, because I know that's been done for like so long now. It's like an old style of doing things anymore. Like, as soon as someone found out how to print tees on their own. It kind of just exploded from there, wouldn't you say? 
Um, it, I guess. Um, well, I started, I started screen printing like DIY style. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, my, actually my old roommate, he was a fashion designer mm-hmm. and, um, he had a, he had a really good friend of his who was running a print shop, okay, a studio. And that's what got me into, you know, screen printing. So I was making my own graphics, making my own screens, and I was printing my own t-shirts. Now, is that back when, or even now, I'm not too sure, so that's why I'm like curious more about that. Is that when you had to get like the big thing that like, it's kind of like an overgrown stamp to like press on the shirt and put um, the logo on it? or So it's like, it's an actual screen with a frame, and hmm. you literally, you know, all right, so let's say you have a t-shirt on a table. You put the screen on top, and then you put the ink on mm. top of the screen and then you have a squeegee okay. you use a squeegee to you know press the ink ah through the screen to print on, on the shirt shirt or any type of material garment oh okay yeah or even paper you know i was into it for a couple of years but you know it's a really frustrating process so i kind of stopped doing it really how is it frustrating it's a lot of steps you know like you know, like the consistency is really hard. Um, the print, it like the graphics, um, the type of material, the type of ink, color, like all that, you know, it really matters when it comes to printing. And it's just a, it's a very frustrating process, at least for me. You know, I have, I still have people asking me, you know, if I could do like prints for them. Mm. But um, I just refer to somebody that's more specialized in that profession. So it wasn't like you were bad per se. You were just more kind of frustrated with how many steps were involved. Yeah. And just, you know, the results of it, like, it's hard to get like a really, really good print, especially on a garment, you know. I wanted to ask you that too, because besides it seeming like a, like a tedious task, like all the steps involved, like you said, are you really able to get that good of quality on fabric or does the fabric play a part into it? Like what definitely, you print yeah, on? Definitely. Um, yeah, it really depends. It's just a lot of variables. Hmm. So uh, let's say what would be the best fabric to use to print something on or what gives you the best quality? Hmm. I mean, hmm, that's a good question. I mean, depends on what you're printing, you know, and what you want. I mean, are you talking about T-shirts or... Let's say I want like a really good looking logo on a plain old shirt, plain old T-shirt. One color? Multiple colors. So multiple colors, well, with screen printing, you know, you can't print multiple colors at once. So you would have to use, it would be multiple layers. So I would have to use multiple screens Hmm. to apply those multiple colors onto one shirt. So that's just, you know more work and more labor more steps uh, so it's, it's hard to explain like bit with words so would it, you would you like the sorry to cut you off but um so would it have to be a let's say one color gets one pressing another color gets another pressing exactly. on top yeah into like all the parts will fit into i guess yeah oh and i guess maybe lining up like where they'll go sort out and such that that could be a bitch i guess yeah Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. That would be annoying. I yeah, guess. I mean, in, especially in silk screen printing, but you know, there's like heat press and you know, direct to garment type of printing, which does you know, print 
in one shot, mm-hmm. but the quality of print is, you know, different. Okay. Yeah. Would that be the kind of stuff that, like, let's say you print on a shirt and it starts to, like, chip away after a couple of washes, something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, like a fancier way of gluing stuff on, I guess. In a way, yeah. I would okay. say so. So that's, like, on the lesser scale of quality. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, in my from my experience, yeah. So what would be the better scale or, like, you have to pay for it, but it's worth it kind of quality? I think I think silk screen is you know it's worth it. So what's silk screen? That's that's the method that I use. That's the one you're talking. Oh, okay, yeah. that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like if it's multiple colors, multiple press, 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 and then like see where it sorts out, and then see how that works. I mean, as far as like you know, um, how long it's gonna last, you mm. know, how how many times you wash it. I think silk screen prints are the best mm. out of all the other uh, methods. So let's say with where everybody's gotten to now with, like, there's websites, companies you can go to to, like, mass produce all the T-shirts, shirts, whatever you want with your logo, your artwork on it, like, mm-hmm. like you describe right now. Do you think it got too expansive as far as being able to do so? Or do you think people have gotten lazy at some point where they just worry about making as many as possible versus the quality of each one? Um, I think a little bit of both, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I would say it depends on what the producer wants, you know, like what type of quality they want. Um, if they want like a high quality, it's, you know, it's possible, but if you're not really looking for that high quality, you know, maybe that's what they want. A bigger part of it lies on who's actually making the product too. I would say so. Yeah. Because I remember now. Uh, I don't know if you're a big Kanye fan or not. I like Kanye West, yeah, sure. Do you like the person or the artist? Um, not too much of the person <laughs> recently, as of recent, but I mean, I I respect the shit out of him as an artist for sure. Now it's different for you because you're an actual artist as far as the art sense applies, because I'm sure you can appreciate what he's done as far as like besides the music, like let's say. Sneakers. Sneakers, of course, he did that. He changed that whole industry, flipped it on its head. Uh, I guess he did end up jumping over the jump man, like you said. He definitely did. But I remember when The Life of Pablo dropped. I love that album. It's a good album. I had to go back to it to appreciate it because I had a beef initially with it. Because when it dropped, because I'm a Kanye fan, I was stupid enough to buy into it. I should have known better knowing him at that <laughs> point. He did a package online on his site where you get the album, the physical copy, and a one-of-a-kind shirt that I guess was sold. Is that the one with um the, the letters, like the writing on the back? Yeah, the writing on the yeah, back, yeah, right. Yeah. I was ready to sue Kanye legitimately. Like, I'm not oh, even shit. exaggerating being a Virgo about it, but I was ready to sue him because when I ordered that versus when I got the actual album... And the shirt itself, which I could pull out from up there somewhere. I don't even wear it because it's such a bad material. It's like six months later. It's way after the fact. He'd done so much on the digital version of the album. And then the shirt. You know, I'm going to show you the shirt, actually, so you can actually get the visual. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this this piece of shit. It's a size too big for me, of all people. And on top of that, I wore it once. 
Oh, wow. And it's either the front or the back is, like, peeling off already, the lettering, or, like, it's chipping or whatever. And on top of that, too, I'm sure you probably know the brand of the shirt, I think Gildan or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like the shit. (laughs) It's the absolute worst thing you could do. And on top of that, it has that funny, like, cheap material smell. I just smelled it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would you grade that on a scale of 1 to 10 as far as what you're holding in your hands? Um, I It's not too bad, but I would definitely expect more from Kanye West for sure. But overall, I think it looks good. Um, it does look good. That's the thing. The lettering and such, I guess, how it's put together. But when you get the actual tangible object, it's such shit. Right, right, I was right. so upset by it, too. Um, I mean, as far as the design, I'll give it like 8 out of 10, but... Quality-wise, maybe 5 out of 10. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I get it. You're a fan, too, as I am, too. Yeah. But I was mad at him for so long for not getting my album and on top of that, getting this shirt after, like, such a long wait. Damn, that's crazy. And I, if as far as I remember, it wasn't cheap either. So that's not even the part of the concern. It was just like, this is insulting. Like, no, thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, all that time for that material quality. Compared to A.O., Angel... I still wear his um his sweatshirt he gave me from a while ago, the in my prime in the front, which I wear proudly, legitimately, because I love it, and it's like the most comfortable thing I could wear throughout the throughout the winter. It's like when a girlfriend gets the the hoodie she likes so much from her boyfriend, never stops wearing it. It's like that's like how it is for me right now. That sweatshirt, <laughs> like he actually spent the money I, from what he told me to make that quality material and that quality sweatshirt with a good ass logo too, that hasn't chipped away at all since and i've been legit wearing that for like the whole last winter like day in day out almost and still it looks great and you wash them wash it every i wash it like i do laundry every week i would throw that in there and still just fine it's amazing right and i mean even he put me onto the goddamn gildan brand <laughs> which bothers me because it's like there's gildan there's fruit of loom and there's one more i think that's like absolutely terrible but then I've had to buy shirts before, and then I get the unpleasant surprise that they made the shirt. Where right. it's on one of those kind of shirts. Right. Like, yeah, Connie, Connie could have definitely printed on a you know a high quality shirt. Yeah, at least like sure. uh, at least like uh, what H and M or something like that. They're not that bad, surprisingly, for as affordable <laughs> really? as they are. Yeah, they got good jeans. I'll tell you that much. Really good jeans and good and cheap. But yeah, um. You know, you did sneakers. You're doing it right now. How did you get into art to begin with? Like, as early from as you can remember. Like, how did you even get inspired enough to want to become an artist eventually, as you are now? Um, So, you know, growing up, um, I was inspired by, you know, um, well, I grew up in Japan. So, you know, I grew up watching anime, um, mm. reading manga. For those of you who don't know what manga is, it's a Japanese term for comic. Okay. So, you know, like the manga culture in Japan is very big. Yeah, I see. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of manga books at home mm-hmm. that I read from time to time. So I would, you know, I would trace a certain character. Mm. I would draw them, like, let's say, like, Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z. So I was, a, you know... I used to always draw stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, I was more into like sports and you know girls and stuff like that. So I got I actually got away from the whole art 
Girls will know? do that. They'll drag you from what you really love. Yeah. <laughs> but I was a really big sports fan, so, you know, and just the people I was hanging around with, I was just not into art at the time. Okay. And um, I went to school for architecture, college, mm. and, you know, I, I just, I, I always wanted to do something related to design, but at the time when I was going to school, like, I didn't really know what to do yet. Okay. But when I moved to New York, that's when I was, like, really inspired, um, especially, you know, living in the Bushwick area of Brooklyn. It's, like, you know, a big art community there. Oh, yeah. Um, people I met, I was, you know, I was surrounded by, you know, fashion designers, artists. The whole neighborhood has a lot of murals, you know, a lot of art-related things. And, you know, I, I learned that, um, you know, there you can make money off of art because that, that's something I never believed in. You know, I never I never thought you could make money off of art. Oh, yeah. And of all places, Bushwick right now is like you can't like throw a stone without hitting someone's as a creative of some sort. Exactly. In some sort of field or like at least they like draft IPAs on the weekend or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Some sorts. But that's funny though. So you actually went to school for architecture. Yeah. But obviously that led it well, well I, didn't, was... I didn't wanna I didn't wanna well I I went to school for two and a half years, mm -hmm. got my associates and I just didn't want to do it anymore. Okay. So it's not like, you know, you can't you can't build a building every day. You can't, you know, like <laughs> that's that's, that's like, you know, what I do, like graphic design. I could I could do that on a daily basis at home or anywhere, anywhere I want, you know. So even though you have your associates in it. Yeah. What did you learn along the way that kind of or what kind of turned you off to pursuing that any further at all? Well, as I was pursuing for this degree, you know, some like a couple of my professors were saying like oh you know you have to go for go to school for another three years mm. at a big university i wasn't planning on going to school for another three years i didn't want to and it's in just, general or just for that like in general too but for that as well mm. and i just didn't see myself being an architect you know even though i'm, I'm interested in architecture i just don't want to do anything really related to that you know what's funny i wanted to be an architect too growing up oh, as, really? as a kid because in the cartoons or in the shows you always see like an architecture guy is like you think they're the guys who just put together the really cool looking model scales of like the buildings or what they're going to look like but then i didn't think beyond that oh, like oh shit i have to actually like look at stuff being built itself like and then in the math involved or something like that. So I exactly. Like, I got out of that as soon as I can. There's but a lot God of rules. Young. You know, there's a lot of rules to, you know, building buildings, you know? Yeah. And I would think, yeah, right. Because you're an artist, you have an eye for what you want to create. You want to be at free will to do what you want. You, you exactly. don't want to be reined in as I'm sure architecture would be. Right. Yeah. Is there a lot of stuff that is not art related that, that was involved that you definitely, have to like definitely. take courses for? Definitely. Like, you know, like, what's what was the most annoying thing you had to do, non-art related, that you had to take to graduate? Um, I would say like engineering classes. Oh, you shit. know, um, calculus classes. Oh, you had to do calculus. Yeah. Right. Um, I would say those type of classes I wasn't really interested in. Hmm. You know. But you have to know it as far as like if you or want to take the, it serious. Yeah, like those are like. Required, right? Yeah, required courses that you have yeah. to take to get a degree, 
you know, and I just, no, it wasn't for me. I mean, I, I just wanted to get to that point I could build the models and just, like, have them and, like, play with them or something like that or just put the little micro machines on them or something like that, too. Yeah. Just, be, just have fun with them. But then the other stuff is too serious and involved. So that turns you off to that. Did you ever consider at any point, I mean, I don't know how far removed you are from when you got your associates, but did you ever consider going back or eventually for, like, a further degree in arts or more into what you're doing now at all? Or So before I got into graphic design, mm-hmm. um, I was I, I was planning on, you know, going to school for that, but I had friends and I also interned. I just, I just found new ways to learn the graphic design skill without going to school. Mm. And at the time, I didn't have money to pay for, you know, expensive tuition and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Um, Major only. Yeah, basically. You, you um, went I, the hands-on I, I, approach. I, yeah. And, yeah, I learned how to teach myself. Nice. Now, comparing that to friends, as you said, that actually went to school that prefer to pursue that and, I guess, are doing it now. Are they most of them or? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like they told me that, you know, it's it, it's actually better to teach yourself than, you know, go to school and learn from a professor that has a certain style. And, you know, like learning from people like that, you'll eventually your style will probably eventually look like their style and you know mm. with me being an artist like I always wanted my own style and you lose your unique touch exactly mm. like I, I didn't want i didn't want my artwork to look generic you know like if if you saw my art on the street like i want people to be like whoa like that artwork is kosuke james artwork like mm. i want that type of reaction you know like right. i want people to notice it without my name Oh, they just know you did it just how it looks. Exactly. Like a Bansky or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You know, like I want them to see that, oh, that's definitely Kosuke James's artwork without seeing my name on the actual artwork. So in that case, since they told you, and I guess some advise you, like you said, that you're better off teaching yourself because you might end up being stuck in the vortex of one person's vision of what art should be as per a professor. Do you feel you're at the same level as they are skill-wise compared to your friends that went to school? Um, well, I mean... Or close enough? I would say they have more experience than me, but, you know, as far as, like, u- uniqueness and my own style, like, you know, I, I hold my own. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't really tend to compare myself with others. Oh, so, But, you know, they're unique in their own way, and I'm sure, you know, they have their own experience that they cherish that they use to their advantage when they, you know, Hmm. when they're, you know, doing their creative stuff. Hmm. You know, but I just, you know, when I want to make something creative, I just, I just do it. I mean, that, that would be the point though, right? You just like random day, random moment, you can just put pen to pad. You can just pull up your paint, draw app, whatever, and just do whatever. Yeah. Make it happen. But every time I create, I always try to, make it my way as possible Mm -hmm. and also like just make something that's better than what i made yesterday you know like i'm Mm. always trying to level myself up i guess you can say 
Okay. Yeah, I mean that that's a good approach to it too. I, that makes sense as well because eventually you get over, you get better with time. Yeah. As far as what you do. So since you said you grew up in Japan, I meant to ask you that as well. Actually, um, are you? Mixed by any chance, or are you? I just... am. I am actually. You are yeah. okay. Yeah, because I I think I saw it in one of your past posts. So I just wanted to bring that up briefly too, as well. Like you said, you grew up in Japan. Were you born as well in Japan? Or yeah. Were... So I was born in Nagasaki Prefecture of okay. Japan, which is like southern part of Japan. Okay. And in '98, I moved to America. I moved to Pennsylvania with my family. Hmm. My dad is from pennsylvania and my mom is from japan okay yeah i'm guessing they met over there if anything or um actually my mom studied abroad Mm. in america and that's how they met and Mm. um they got married in japan i was me and my sister were born in japan and we eventually just moved here Mm. i mean that's always the biggest selling point of diversity i mean look at what happened you know studying abroad Meet someone nice enough to get married with, you know, you wouldn't exist otherwise, or exactly. you'd be, exist under other case scenario under circumstances too. It makes you unique. So, I, I had that question too because I remember maybe maybe you're familiar with her, but I, I want to say in 2015, I felt she should have won Miss Universe, but I think she was in the running for Miss Universe as Miss Japan that year. Mm. I, I forget her name. Was she like mixed? She was like she was half black, half maybe? black, half yeah, Japanese. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was fine as hell. I was in love with her, but <laughs> I do remember her bringing up at some point, and it makes sense. I, I would not sense as in it's a bad thing, but sense as maybe culturally striking as it would be. She had a hard time being biracial in right. Japan. Right, right, right. Did you or were you old enough to experiencing anything like that or re- recall anything? Um. A little bit, you know. Um, I look more Asian than, you know, a lot of mixed mm. Japanese people out there. But <laughs> growing up in Japan, like, kids used to call me Brazilian. I don't know why, but mm. I used to have a darker skin back then. And, like, you know, kids over there, like, that's, you know, 100% Japanese. They have straight hair as to, like, I had, like, more of a wavy hair. Yeah. Now I have, like, really curly hair, but. Like, you know, kids used to tease me that I'm Brazilian, which is kind of funny. Well, it makes sense, actually. I can see it. Yeah? Yeah, like the Brazilian style of hair. It's cool. It's a cool head of hair, actually. Curls are unique. Thank you. I'm losing mine slowly, but, you know, it's okay. I'll take any kind as long as it sticks on my head. Yeah, it it runs in my my dad's family. They all have curly hair. Mm. Yeah. So I guess immediately that would stand out um, back over there, right? As far as, like... Is it more like, I always understood this too, as far as like the Japanese in general, their fascination with hip hop, I guess, when that grew and became a thing. Did it stand out as far as, let's say, they make fun of you or bully you, or was it more like you're just different and they'd point that out kind of thing? Um, I mean, I, I would say I wasn't old enough to experience that kind of thing. Like, I, I was only there till I was in fifth grade. So, oh, yeah. You know, I was really young still, you know, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go far as getting bullied, but I was definitely, you know, looked at different and, Mm. you know, I, I, I do, I, I do remember being teased about it. Just for looking different. Yeah. Because then I remember there was a while too when, um, 
I forget how they stopped it, but I think someone just said stop it to them when they were like perming their hair to make it look more Afro per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's point. a thing over there. It still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because I, I know it was heavy at one point, but I thought someone actually convinced them to stop or like. I don't think so, no. So they still do it. Yeah. And like, it's funny because like when I, when I meet Japanese people or when I'm in Japan, you know, most people think I just per my hair. And it's just like. No. <laughs> would they probably ask you advice how to get it like that? Not really. They just they just assume that it's permed <laughs> and I'm like, no, like this is like hundred percent natural. <laughs> That's crazy though. But um so that that was always my thing with Japan as well too. I'm I've been dying since like I don't know, twenty something to go to Japan for mostly well, sort of music but mostly video games. Yeah. For, like, just the collectibles, the, the toys, as you mentioned, Pokemon as well, too. They just opened that store, I think, a year ago over there, officially. Oh, yeah? Like, the Pokemon store. Or, like, the, really? head, the head shop or something like that, yeah. Okay. So, I, always, I always thought, you know, those type of stores existed. Like, I think there's, like, a Pokemon store in Manhattan somewhere. No, that's the Nintendo world. Oh, okay. But they I have their little thing in there. They do? Okay. But now, in Japan, at least, they have their, like, official Pokemon shop, I believe. I remember I saw it in someone's vlog. She was, like, out there. Well, okay, she's got huge tits, so that's really why I watch her. But <laughs> she was out there for, like, games and stuff. And, yeah, it's like, oh, they got a Pokemon shop, too. So, yeah, let's check that out. So I was always fascinated by that. Yeah, you should definitely visit Japan, man. I, I'm dying. I was planning to this year of all, of all years with uh, the Olympics being there. Right, Originally right, scheduled, right. but pandemic happened, so that went out the window completely. Yeah. Which is supposed to do next year, I believe, 2021, but who knows at this point, too, if things will go back to normal in that sense. Yeah, man. But isn't that crazy? A whole pandemic knocked the set routine for the Olympics, of all things, out of funk. Yeah, man. So now, four years later, it's always been even numbers, so now it goes to odd numbers. And you know how, how certain cultures are with, like, things as simple as, like, odd numbers. Yeah. They might just pull out entirely, like, Croatia might say, no, we're not fucking with that. You know, right? 21's a bad luck number or something like that. Exactly. Of, of all things, the Olympics. I mean... I actually didn't even think of it that way, but that's true. I mean, look at Romania. They might be into that kind of stuff, too. And then Russia got, like, knocked out last time because uh, they were tampering with themselves and steroids and such. So it, it might be a whole thing, if anything. That's crazy, man. But then again, mostly, what, the Olympics are mostly, like, 13 days of, like, of the 13 days, 11 is, like, uh, row boating or, like, dart throwing or something like that, and then, like, two days worth of the stuff you want to see. Yeah. Like, women's soccer. I always enjoy the women's soccer team, you know? <laughs> A lot of them look surprisingly good, because I think they take the best of each region to represent the nation, and then when you watch the league itself, like, the MLS or whatever, they, like, kind of spread it out evenly to like they don't look as good as they should be I mean all of them they, I think they know who to pick and choose for like the national version of the team to go out there and do the thing but yeah I mean Japan eventually that, that'd be nice to go to once uh, things go back to normal but um, as far as um, the arts concerned how did you start as far as arts, did you start with just as simple as like a pencil to pad? Did you start just doodling? I know you said sketching too, the manga as I, well. But. Um, well, as an adult, I got back into it um, from just use, just doodling with um, pen and Sharpies. Mm. That's, that's how I got back into it, really. And I was just like doing random things. Mm. 
And I know you said in high school it wasn't really your main focus because you said girls and sports, which makes sense. Right. But did you do anything at all during high school or recall, like, at least a little bit of that? No. No, so not at all? Yeah, because, like, yeah, I was really into sports. Um, I played football all through high school. Okay. Yeah, I was really into sports. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Girls in sports, you know, balls go with girls, too, as well. So <laughs> I, I hope they like them to an extent as well, too. So, okay, that makes sense. But then it was after the fact you got back into it, like you said, with uh, just sketching and such and uh, pads and such involved. Yeah. With arts where it is now, I'd say accessible because there is the old-fashioned style, like the caveman version of it with, you know, pencil, pen on a pad, paper, whatever you got, too. But now this technology that brought in, you know, the apps, the, I think, exclusive drawing tablets just for art right. or for design and such, does that make that easier for you? Or have you been able to, like, transition that much better when you kind of, like, just jumped into that world? Um, I just recently transitioned into, like, you know, drawing on iPads and stuff like that. Um, It's definitely easier... Um in a sense mm -hmm. because i could you know directly draw on a canvas that you know i can edit i could go back i could erase um as to like the old-fashioned way what i used to do is i would you know draw something on paper mm -hmm. i would scan it mm. and then i would you know trace it digitally you know it was just like another step that i had to take as to now mm. It's a lot faster. It's, you know, it's more direct. It's just a lot faster, you know. Hmm. It's a lot more convenient for sure. And easier in the sense of, well, right, it saves you the time of having to scan and then re-sketch again into the thing itself. Right. Does it being easier in that sense make you more creative? Do you do it more often now or? Yeah, I mean, it depends, you know, like it depends on the mood I'm in, what I want to create. And also, you know, like if it wasn't for a client work, like it depends on the project really. Mm -hmm. Like for that, you know, that flyer that I did for Brendan, like right. I, I did it on an iPad with the I Apple pencil. and Solely you know, iPad. Yeah. Wow. Well, the illustration part. Yeah. Okay. You know, Cause like, that's something I can't do on a computer either mm -hmm. or, you know, pen and pencil. And, you know, without the iPad, I don't think I could have done, I could have created something as good as what I did for that flyer. Mm. Yeah. So it also helps you. In definitely. That sense. Definitely. A big sure. help. And it's just like another medium, another skill that I can utilize to, you know, create. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I see it looks easy and such. Uh, do you have anything you use regularly as far as apps or anything you recommend? Um... As far as the iPad, I mm -hmm. use the Procreate app. Okay, I've heard of that one a lot. Yeah, it's only nine bucks, mm -hmm. I believe, and it's just like a one-time purchase, and you know, it has so many different features to it. Um, a lot of different pens, brushes, stuff like that. Um, Photoshop, obviously, I use that. Mm -hmm. Illustrator, Premiere Pro, mm -hmm. uh, Adobe After Effects, mm -hmm. mostly all the um. Adobe Suite apps. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I hate about Adobe now is they do that, like, 
I don't know if you purchased beforehand, but now they do that like monthly subscription. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I pay a certain amount every year, but uh, mm. I split it with a graphic design friend of mine. Okay. You know, so I do get it cheaper, but at the same time, like I have access to all the apps. Okay. Okay. Well, you paid to have no limits on it. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a great investment. But it's worth it, right? Because of what Definitely. you do, right? You're doing most of that. You have to have no limits. Yeah, that's a great ROI for sure. Mm. But without that, you know, like the logos, all that stuff that you see me you know, online that I post, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to do that without those apps. Mm. Except, you know, the paintings and the drawings that I do manually. And ever since you started doing everything on the iPad, everything else you use as well. Does going back to simply drawing and sketching get any more difficult, or have you seen it get easier by any chance? Um, as far as creating the final product, it's it's gotten easier. Okay. Yeah. And let's say like randomly sketching for whatever your mood is at at that point, has it affected it at all? Has it like changed at all ever since like doing it on the iPad and such? No, not really. Do you notice you've gotten any better or like? Definitely gotten better. Um, the way I illustrate and when I where I the way I do graphic design, like they they both like help each other hand in hand. Hmm. Le- like knowing those two skills just like help both mediums, I would say. Hmm. Um, just the understanding of like the layers, colors and certain steps that I take, the process. Yeah, it just it just goes hand in hand and you know, I utilize all the skills to create what I want to create. So let's say anybody listening, anybody in general wants to just start randomly picking up that skill again, if they did it before, Mm -hmm. do you recommend them starting with the app preferably? Or I know you said also when you were doing off air, of course you mentioned with uh, designing on sneakers and such, Mm -hmm. you went to YouTube route to kind of get a better idea, better grip of sense of how to even approach that. Do you recommend anybody going that route as well? Download the app, start practicing there, doodling, sketching and such? Actually, um, the iPad has helped me a lot uh, drawing up concepts for Hmm. the sneakers. Okay, okay. Yeah, because, like, you know, I'll I'll get a picture of a sneaker Uh, off Google, and then I'll just, you know, draw on the iPad and just, you know, sketch up concepts before actually applying that design on an actual mm. sneaker so that has helped me a lot for sure um because i used to just like freestyle it you know okay without really i'll just have like a color scheme that i want to use in mind and i'll just go for it you know but now especially doing it for cl- clients i can you know draw up concepts on the ipad first and then uh, you know show it to the actual painting but um as far as like the materials and you know like the steps to take to actually, you know, customizing a sneaker, I would definitely, you know, go to sources like YouTube and Google. Mm. Now, with you customizing sneakers as you do now, mm-hmm. I'm sure you might have had the same or you do have the same going on now with logos and everything else you do. Which one of those three, art, logos, and the sneakers, do you find to be more difficult to express to the requester? let me do my thing or maybe we can't pull that off. How about this instead? Um, 
I'll say maybe illustrations might be the most hardest because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I would say with illustration, illustrators they only have like a certain style mm-hmm. that they do their illustrations in, and you know, some clients like they want illustrations to look a certain style, mm-hmm. and you know, I think this goes for sneakers too, but. You know, like with graphic design, like you can, it's, you have a lot more freedom and the tools to make that product look a certain way that mm. they want. As the illustrations, it's like, it's a different type of skill. And, you know, like if, if a client of mine wanted the illustrations to look a certain way, I would just refer them to an illustrator that can do that, that type of style. Okay. Yeah. But kind of more, maybe whip up something more to the liking. Yeah, as they like, insist on it. Yeah, like and with same thing with sneakers too. Like, I would only accept jobs if they want the sneakers to look the the style that I you know create my sneakers. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So in that, that sense, you sense. are kind of creating your brand, your and your yeah. touch, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do it in my own style as far as illustrations and custom sneakers are concerned. But graphic design is different well that makes sense because right i mean they go to you as far as like they've seen your past work so they know what to expect in the long run yeah they can just kind of be like oh can you do something maybe a little more like this for me exactly yeah okay but if anything your past was like the guiding lines like the the blueprint yeah of what to expect right okay and logos too is something that's always interested me a lot because logos as simple as they might seem with the end product, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it with, again, whoever requests, wants this a certain way, they want to emphasize his message, but it has to look that way, it has to imply this, undertones of the here, there. And it has to look as simple as possible. Still as simple as possible, right? And But then with simplicity as cool as possible, like unique like a polo brand or Nike check and such. Right. And it has to apply to like so many different things, you know? Like, right. Like not just... uh instagram profile pic but also let's say on a t-shirt business mm-hmm. card i don't know anything the anything. brand of who, whoever you're doing it for right right uh how's that been for you to take on um actually it's been a struggle mm. you know like with certain projects like i've had projects in the past that would just go down a drain because it just didn't work out with the client or just you know i just it's you know like it's just you had to pull I, out yeah, it's, you know, like some, uh, you know, like with logos, it's difficult, but the when the end product is made, like I'm I'm more satisfied with the end product than the actual process, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like what you said earlier, like, you know, it's hard. It's very hard to like put all those ideas and, you know what the artist or the business want to portray Hmm. in that one symbol. You have to put all those ideas into that one single symbol. It's just like, it's very hard to do. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Um, I've gotten better recently because I just have more experience now, but I think, I think it's all about, you know, like research, researching, I think is the most time consuming part of the logo process. Hmm. And just like, you know, um, coming out with the concepts um, and just communication. I think communication is very important. Oh, constantly, right? In that case. Yeah. Communication with 
that client. Right, because what they want. especially with a logo, because right as you go along, you might see things one way, but then they might see it a whole nother, might just not like it at all. They want you to redo it again. Right, and you know, like let's say it's just like this one symbol, one shape. Like they might have, they might want this, this little corner to be round or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. sharp. I don't know, like that type of like small details, like really taking account when designing oh, a logo. Yeah. Makes a difference, at least yeah. to whoever, be it yourself or whoever's requesting the work. It yeah. just might make that world of a difference. And, you know, like logo with logos, it's a symbol that, you know, someone might use for the rest of their life. You know, like mm-hmm. it re- represents who they are or what they, you know, what they represent. And it's just, it, you know, it's it's a serious job. I'm sure, yeah. It might it may look like the final product may look simple, but you know, people don't like general people don't realize how much work that gets put into a logo design. I'm sure just because again, I'm I'm not anywhere near you are as a level of artist or let alone have the headaches I'm sure you have with logos and everything else you've taken on. But yeah, I, I completely understand just because it might have been art class or one of those where we had the really artsy-fartsy teachers that insisted on art is, you know, what you see, but what you see isn't the only thing out there or whatever kind of thing. You have to encompass everything that comes with art in the world and et cetera or whatever. She was a vegan, of course. She had to be annoying like that. <laughs> but, yeah, she, she really emphasized that part as far as logos. Like, everything plays into just that one simple little design word under it, the tag that goes with it, too. So it, it, it can be a nightmare, I'm yeah, sure. definitely. And... and there's no such thing as a perfect logo, too. It might just be the one you settle on or you worked on too long for. Or like, you know, like sometimes I'll have like the two final concepts and I would like one concept, but I don't like too much of the other one. But the client might yeah. like the other one that you might not like as much, you know. So sometimes I have to settle. You got to come to terms concept. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't mind because, you know, as long as they like it, I'm happy with it, you know. But sometimes like there's logos that. I like better, but mm. the client might not, you know? Exactly. At the end of the day, whoever pays for it, I guess, has the final word. Yeah. I mean, you have your input as you go along, being exactly. the expert. Exactly. But you know what? Also, um, I know you said manga was like your main, I guess, entry into art. Mm-hmm. One to pick up the pen and do your thing with it, too, as well, becoming an artist. How do you feel about cartoons, though, in general, considering you were you grew up in Japan, you came here after... At a young age as well, too. Do you remember any cartoon at all that influenced you mostly? Or animated series, whatever? Um, I don't know if I would say if I could use the term influence, but, you know, there's a lot of, like, um, cartoons that I grew up at that I liked. Or, know, or like, better you said maybe, like, um, you appreciated the visuals for them or you liked the art of them, better yet said. Like American? American, Japanese, wh- wherever from... Um, I would say American, hmm, like Hey Arnold, I like Hey Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold was unique, I remember that. Um, Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I I loved Rocco. That's probably, if not my favorite, probably one of my favorites of all time. Just because how silly it was, the art too, it was like, not abstract, but it was just like, it's own. Yeah, definitely. I definitely like the art style, like. The eyes, like, coming out. Yeah. The head, like, just the whole, like, look I really like. 
I didn't really like too much of the, I, I don't know if it was like a movie or like a series that came out recently. Oh, the one on Netflix. Yeah. I didn't I, really get into that one though. Initially, I didn't like that they approached the transsexual theme with, really? um, did you see it or do you remember? Um, I got, I watched a little bit of it, but I didn't get to see the whole thing. Okay. It well, didn't really strike me when I started watching it, so I just never ended it was ended good. watching the whole thing. It was good overall because uh, Mr. Bighead, his daughter, his well, his son, Ralph, uh, if you remember from the show, he was the artist. He created the fat heads and all that. He, like, disappeared for a while only to come back to have having transitioned into a woman afterwards. Wow. So they tackled that. I'm glad it wasn't in a tacky way or try to make, like, cheap, like, transsexual jokes or nothing. Because you know how people get sensitive nowadays with, with right, that stuff. Right. They handled it fairly well. It was okay. It, it could have been better, but it was a pleasant surprise, I guess. Maybe maybe give it a chance. It wasn't it wasn't that bad. Honestly. Okay. But the original series was like I was mad when they canceled that or they just ended it when they did. Because it was funny to me. Yeah. Because I remember I wanted to be an artist too at some point before being an architect too. Because I remember sketching uh whatever. So that's as far as I ever got sketching over stuff, like tracing paper on top of something I wanted to draw, sketching, and that's, I was an artist, per se. But uh, when I realized I couldn't draw tits as I envisioned them, <laughs> or as good as they should have been, that's when I kind of gave up. I just snapped the pencil and said, that's it, I'm good. Actually, that- like, tits, ass, like, just a whole, like, figure, you know, women's body is really hard to draw. I would imagine. Yeah. I was never pleased. Like, the nipples I drew were like erasers. They were, like, too <laughs> stiff and too tough out there. So I just, like, I can't get this right, man. Maybe I need to see some tits first to really appreciate the essence. Yeah. I haven't seen enough, honestly, in my own life. Now, I can't speak for you. I'm not a playboy. I'm not a lover man like that. But I really haven't seen the perfect pair yet. Well, before the uh, the whole, you know, quarantine thing started, like, I, I was going to this uh, uh, weekly gathering it's okay. called a uh, drink and draw and Ooh. you pay five dollars to get in mm-hmm. and you can drink beer mm-hmm. and you would draw a naked model for like an hour and a half oh okay one of those yeah nice and, you know like you get all different types of people like even men you know but Uh-oh. you just you just learn <laughs> yeah it's it, it's awkward at first but you get used to it, you know, like it's whatever. It's, like it's full human. on, like it's out there? Yeah, Is it covering up there. at least? or No. Oh, full boy. on, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you just like, you learn the human anatomy and, you know, like, eventually what I want, like, my goal is to, like, create character designs. Mm. So for me to, you know, get to that level, like, I really want to learn how to, you know, draw the human anatomy. Okay. Yeah. Now, I guess to be fair, yeah, you'd have to learn to draw both sexes. Yeah. And, you know, like, women, I think women are harder to draw. It's just, you know, like, especially, like, skinny women. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's really hard. It's hard to explain, but. That's a good point, though, because in my vision, I I wouldn't be able to draw a skinny woman either because I would immediately try to think, like, tits and ass would have to be, like, in proportion or, like, kind of out there at least to be fair to them. Yeah. But then what if they're not built like that, so I can't exaggerate either. Yeah, and then there's all different types of tits, you know, and yeah. there's all different types of ass. Yeah. Thighs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Face, you know. Face too, so. yeah. And then um, I know how you feel. Do you think the peach emoji really encompasses a woman's ass as far as the shape? Oh, uh, I think it's close enough. So if you see an 
ass in your mind and you want to draw it? Do you see a peach first or you see the ass? Oh, um, I definitely see the ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then if you see the eggplant emoji, you already know, unfortunately, from past experience, how that looks too on the man. So you can draw that too if you had to. Yeah, I mean, I prefer not to, but, <laughs> you know. I mean, if I'm paying five bucks to, you know, get better at drawing, you know, fuck, fuck it, you know. Whatever. But, I mean, you can draw whatever you want. There's no rules there, you know. So, mm. I mean, I could even focus on just the face of the guy. Like, I don't, like, I can choose to draw whatever I want, <laughs> you know, so. As far as, um, let's say, your end goal, where you see yourself as an artist, would you deem yourself an artist or would you be more specific like graphic designer, illustrator and such? Um, right now, like I'm doing multiple things. Like I, I, I kind of consider myself like a multimedia mm. artist, but mainly, you know, illustration and graphic design is my background. But okay, um, now I'm dabbling with video editing and motion graphics and eventually i want to do animation so nice okay so th that kind of goes hand in hand in what you're doing because that would be the next step i guess yeah so and you really want to go like balls deep into the art world yeah and i i feel like if you want to be creative you could do whatever you want you know you don't have to like you don't have to be stuck with, with one thing or one medium mm -hmm. you know of course um as long as you're creating something great like who cares, you know, but I want to, I want to, you know, I want to put graphic design, illustrations, photography, videos, animations into one thing, you know, like mm. I, I could use all those things to create something amazing, you know. Hmm. So then do you have an end goal, let's say, or a goal within the next couple of years, five years, 10 years of where you see yourself with art? Um. I know you said animation, but like anything beyond that or going hand in hand with that i mean i definitely want to create characters and like make that as like a brand hmm. not sure yet what that's gonna be but that that's been my goal for like the past couple of years hmm. okay but um yeah I, I i would like to continue you know doing work for clients um yeah um maybe definitely have you know, like my own shows, like, like gallery, you know, like art show type thing. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. And like in collaboration with like, maybe like a DJ or a producer. Mm. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's, that's one of, well, that was one of my goals to do this year before this whole pandemic happened. Like I wanted to do like a gallery show with a mm. DJ or a producer or even an artist, you know, like rapper or singer. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like it, it, you know, like art, art is art and music is music. But when those two things are combined, like it's, it's amazing thing. Yeah, you know? of course. They they go hand in hand. In yeah. Here. Because um, there's something as simple as I say music. There's definitely album covers that are deemed art worthy or you, you see it, you know, which album, which artist it is right away too, or like this styling of what they would do even for like single art, whatever their logos and such. I guess, well, then how do you meet up with Brendan? Uh, because that's how I got to know about you. Right. He credited you and bigged you up a lot of times on past episodes here as far as uh, creating the artwork for him and such. So I used to attend, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but um, I used to attend uh, music shows um, called Midnight Dreams. 
That's where I met um Angel and Brendan. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my good a good producer friend of mine, his name is Riser. He goes by the name of Riser. Okay. And he I think Brendan performed at one of the Midnight Dream shows and he introduced me to him. Mm-hmm. And I think Brendan was looking for an artwork for his uh first real sound show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I created the artwork for him. It was like Metallica type themed artwork mm-hmm. that I did for him. And yeah, ever since then, I've been kind of working with him. I really enjoy his music. Like he has a really unique sound. He does. Yeah. Um, And I can tell like just listening to his music, how passionate he is, you know? Oh yeah. And, you know, as time went on, like, you know, I I I got better with my graphic design skills, and you know, he really liked my artwork, and yeah, that's how we hit it off, really. Nice. Well, I mean, it paid off for him because he ended up getting some really good shit as far as like his art's concerned. Like last year, he was really consistent. Yeah, I haven't really been in touch with him this year, but you know, I really respect what he does, and you know, I really enjoyed working with him and the artwork that we created. I don't it's know if great. he ever if he ever gave you something as savvy as the following bit of advice he gave me, which I'm trying to like really encompass, not just this year, but post pandemic. And like, until I drop dead, pretty much until I take my last breath in my chest, pretty much. I just want to live these four easy, simple words. And thanks to Brendan, of course, live fast, eat ass, live fast and eat ass. I don't necessarily indulge in the ass eating, but I guess in the in the sense of life, you know, you gotta live fast and eat the proverbial ass of life. It'll help you get you to where you gotta get to. You with the arts and Brendan with the music and, and everybody else or whatever they do as well too. But it, it it's so important you do so and you do what you want to. But Word. before I let you go, I know you've been here long enough. I think you have um you have things to do, which makes sense. You're an adult. You're a responsible adult. You got bills to pay and everything and rent and such too, pandemic or not. That applies to all of us, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm always making moves. Exactly. And, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to compliment you on the shirt, by the way. Oh, that I, was a great game. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I didn't know they had a re-release of that shirt for the no, 10th anniversary. No, I just, I, I, I found this at um, Beacon's Closet. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's like a mm-hmm. vintage clothing shop. And I just came across and I was like, yo, that's a dope shirt. Oh, okay. I bought Damn. it for like... Not even ten bucks. I would hope so. I mean, that game's like what, at least twenty years old now, almost. So yeah, I mean, I I kind of like bought it just solely of you know how the design looked. I really like this design. So, and isn't that the beauty of logos and designs in general? Just as simple as it is, as it seems, that font is directly related to Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. and it's its own unique thing. And like you know it right away what it is exactly. But I did want to say before we let you go, and, and of course, thank you again for your time and everything oh, you've you. done. Uh, I do want to also thank you besides putting your artwork out there and letting me become a fan of it, too, and really appreciating it. And eventually, I'm going to have to hit you up for art as well, too, for myself. I have to thank you fully for putting me on to another artist that you follow and you're a fan of as well. I believe her name is Distorted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, because she's a baddie. Yeah. Besides being able to do a thing with the unique approach to art that she has with the one-eyed monsters and all that stuff she does, which I love also, I can't help but not look at her or yes. go through her IG constantly. Yeah, she's great. Talk um, about thirst traps. I mean, listen. <laughs> and I, I actually got to meet her in person I uh, saw, last yes. year. 
Um, How was that like? Yeah, she was really cool. Like she was, she was down to earth. She's actually from Philly, which is where I'm from. So mm. we had that connection there, and you know, that's you know, as far as what she does as an artist, like that's where I want to be. Like you know, I want to, I want to pave my way as an artist, and you know, be doing that as full time. Mm. You know, instead of you know working at at a nine to five. You know, oh, of course. You know, so um, very inspiring. How was she in person though? Like. She had this tank top on, and she was selling all her prints and merch and stuff like that. And I was like, yo, could I get that shirt? And she's like, oh, I'm not selling it. And I was like, I want that for my mom. And then she <laughs> laughed. She's like, you want that for your mom? And once I got her to laugh, I knew uh, she was a cool person. Yeah. You know, some people thought she was acting all Hollywood or whatever, but I thought she was down to earth. Like, she was cool. I mean, if it's your own gallery, how do you not feel a sense of pride, at least for yourself? Yeah. Right? And everybody else is there to see your work and you as well, too. You just happen to be, like, roaming around. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many times is, like, other people done that and they're not even there for their own shit? Yeah. Or they're, like, uh, exactly. on another floor looking down at everybody else doing their thing or whatnot. That was cool to her. But, yeah, I, I really got to thank you, though, because that's a, that was an immediate follow when I saw the art, and then as far as like when I saw her, her who who was doing what on that page, it was uh, let me know all notifications, let me know when she posts immediately, whatever I'll follow and like whatever I got to do with that too. So I appreciate you passing that along to me as well. Yeah, definitely, man. But one last thing, since you clarified now, you're from Philly. Yes, outskirts, I would say specifically. Oh, okay, so the outskirts. Okay. Yeah, I remember being in Philly once years ago. And as the tourists do, the Rocky Steps was the first thing I went to. Yeah. Uh, I was a little too fat to do the full stairs, so I just kind of, <laughs> I made my way up there eventually. But I, also, I was weighed down with these this thick-ass Philly cheesesteak I had in my hand from Geno's, I believe. I love, yeah, I love cheesesteaks. Do you have a spot you recommend as far as cheesesteaks are concerned? Um, I mean, I love Geno's for sure. Um, Jim's Steaks is another good spot. Mm-hmm. Um. There is a place called, um, I think it's called Prince of Steaks, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's another good spot. Um, I would definitely recommend those spots for sure. Okay. Because I know Geno's was cool and unique enough because I think it's like on a triangular corner. Yeah. And they just kind of whip it up so quick and then... It's right across the street from Pat's. That's another one, I think, right? Yeah. But it's not as popular, I would say, but their cheesesteaks are good as well. Okay, but you would prefer Geno's if you had to put in that order? Yeah, taste-wise. Um, Amount-wise, I would go for Pat's. Oh, so they give you more? More, yeah, more beef. Really? Yeah, more meat, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, at least the one I got from Geno's when me and my boy went there, it was at least like the full, it filled up the whole sub bread at least. I don't recall the meat so much, but I think you're right. It wasn't that much, actually. It just like, tasted good. Well, Gino's meat is like more, it's like a thin sliced, mm-hmm. you know, steak as to Pat's steaks, like their steak is chopped. Oh, okay. They take a, a thick steak and chop it up. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's thick, but it's thicker. just it's just chopped up meat, but just the volume of it in the sub is okay. more Okay. comparing okay. to what Gino's put in their steaks or their sandwich. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So Jeans is like, Geno's is like, I guess the Jay-Z 
of Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. And then Pat's is more like the Nas and more introspective, deep. You appreciate it more. I, I wouldn't even go to Nas, really. <laughs> that oh. would be kind of disrespect to Nas. Oh, in really? In a sense, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pat's is not that popping. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what, what rapper I would compare. <laughs> if you had to compare yeah. the rapper to Philly cheesesteak, the second, the lesser chili, Philly cheesesteak. Mm, that's a tough one. Meek Mill? Or is that cheating because he's from there? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the Meek Miller cheesesteaks. Actually, he's one, he's one of my inspirations too, just because like I I think I started listening to him back in college mm. and he was still like kind of popping only in Philly. Okay. And now like, you know, seeing what he does, I'm not like the biggest fan of his music, but I respect him in a sense that like, you know, he... I know where he's from, you know, like, and the environment he grew up in. And, like, mm. like I respect where he's at now and, you know, oh, his gotcha. growth. Yeah, he's just inspiring. That's cool. I mean, yeah. you got to be able to like somebody from your city. So yeah, you got that instant bond. Yeah. Makes sense, even if it's Meek. I mean, I still remember Meek from, um, what was it, the, around Christmas time some years ago when he slipped on his mama's steps. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just, like, busted his ass on each yeah, step. Yeah, like, security camera? Yeah. yeah, 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 I remember that. That's funny. I mean, he still he still lived through that embarrassment, so you got to give him some credit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it would have been easier had he landed some cheese sticks, probably, right? Like, to break the fall. Yeah. Because, like, some, <laughs> some cold-ass steps might hurt. But, yeah, uh, um, Kosuke. 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 Ah, Hold Jorge, up, sorry, right? sorry. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. See, my my name is Simpleton. Yours is like, you know, at least abstract. It's artsy. And that's your artistic name, of course. So respect due to that. So we got to be able to say it right. You put some respect in your name, literally. Yeah. So Kosuke. 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 Yeah. yeah. Got it. Fine. At the end of the episode, but it took me that long. <laughs> so Kosuke. Yes. Kosuke James is my artist name, but James is my, you know, government first name. Kosuke is my middle name actually oh it is okay so you yeah. just flipped it yeah and yes. you know like growing up like my family my relatives my friends call me kosuke james just comes from my dad's name did that well i meant the last point of course did you have to grow up and eventually accept your name like the middle name i guess or no i had to kind of like accept the james part more than the kosuke because like, okay so yeah you want like to... I, I had to kind of like use james just because like Living in America, you know, like most people don't know how to pronounce my Kosuke name, so as proof, me like if I'm if I'm, if I'm at a Starbucks buying coffee, like I'll oh just say no James. no don't yeah or like at a workplace, I'll just go by James. It's just a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, but it's a cool name though. Actually, it's it's yeah middle it just of the first. it just sounds like I think the name James sounds a lot better as a last name than first name. I thought it was your. It just so happened to be your legit name, but you just went with it as your artistic too. Yeah, but that's cool though. I like that. It's very good. And you too, as a whole individual, as an artist, you're a cool person. I'm. I'm glad you made the time to come out here, and join me, and do this thing as well. Thanks so much again for your time. But please, before I close things out, just let them know again everywhere they could find you, what you got coming up, if anything, and how to hit you if they want to get some of your work done. So, um. I got a website, it's KosukeJames.com, Instagram, KosukeJames, my graphic design account, KosukeJames.psd, and my iDrawingKicks account, which is my 
custom sneaker account. I also started a, a Pokemon card uh, IG page as well, which Did most you? people don't know. <laughs> I remember you mentioned that, yeah, and I still got my... I actually brought some. You, you did? See it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I got to dig up my the Mewtwo card I told you about from the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I thought would have been a, worth a lot more, but according to eBay, it's only like 50 bucks, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so it's it's worth ass. Yeah, I, I spent, I would say, like, almost 300 bucks on eBay just buying up, like, new Pokemon cards. Recently or? Recently, like, the hey. past month. Actually? That's including shipping. Oh, okay. well, okay, that's not too bad then, I guess. But all, like, holographics. Oh, okay, you got yeah. lucky then. Because actually, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. It, I know you're not, probably, but you shouldn't be ashamed of that because uh, of all people, Gary Vaynerchuk now, he started like really getting into Pokemon cards again now. Actually, he kind of triggered me to like collecting again. So like he had this one YouTube video talking about sports cards, mm -hmm. and he mentioned um, Justin Bieber having like his Pokemon card collection. I'm like, what? So... <laughs> I um, opened another tab on my Chrome and I searched up Justin Bieber, you know, Pokemon collection. And there's this video, I think from his like IG story. And he shows off this like big plaque of his original like 151 Pokemon cards oh, wow. that he has on his big wall. And I was like, yo, I fucking want that. Wow. And, you know, at the time I was actually back home in Pennsylvania at my mom's because, you know, um, it was her birthday weekend or whatever. And mm -hmm. I was just going through my old Pokemon cards and I was just like looking at this, um, this uh, holographic Alakazam. And I was like, oh, dude, yeah. like these are so like pleasing to look at. And I like I really appreciate them as art, you know. And yeah, ever since then, I was like, I think I'm just going to collect. I'll start collecting these uh, holographic Pokemon cards. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember all these now. Yeah. Obviously, I never had any of them, the hologram ones. But, yeah, I remember the, the plain Jane ones. Yeah, so, oh, you know, God. as a kid, like, I didn't really have money to, like, buy up all these Pokemon cards. But now I have, you know, money to, like, buy wow. whatever I want. So That's so cool. I mean, instead of, like, buying packs, I could just, like, choose what I want to buy. And I just, like, buy my I favorite characters, you know? I get that, but the bad thing is, oh wow, you got the the pocket monsters. Yeah, I got, I got, nice. I, I've been buying up the Japanese ones. Nice. Yeah. Oh wow, that's crazy. And I have like the original Char Charizard as well, even though like that one's kind of like damaged, but. Oh, is it? Yeah. I can't really tell, but I'll yeah, take the word for it. Yeah, it's it depends on the lighting, but. Oh, okay, okay. I kind of see it now. Okay. But I, I'm still not bad. Like, I don't, I don't even remember how I got these cards. Like, it was just, like, sitting in my closet back home. And... Goddamn. Well, we're going to have to be talking this a little bit, too, I guess, but we'll leave that nerd talk off here. But <laughs> just know it's real out there with the Pokemon IG. Well, I mean, I feel like it's not even nerdy in my perspective. I just think, like, this is, like, Oh, art. I still fuck with Pokemon. That's yeah. definitely, yeah. But, I mean, like... It'd be crazy to see, like, 20 years later, this comes back with a vengeance. The, yeah. The I mean, right now, it's, you know, it's very hyped up. You know, like, the market is crazy right now. And, you know, if you get them graded, PSA graded, you could get them graded from 1 to 10, 10 being, like, the highest quality. Like, they go for a lot of money. I heard, yeah, Gary V was going into that in depth. I was surprised. Yeah. And I think there's this one trainer card. It's called, like, Pikachu like illustration or something like that that yeah. went for like i don't know like two hundred thousand dollars 
Really? Yeah, on eBay. And now if you look at it up on eBay, somebody's selling it for like a million. No way. It's fucking nuts. I'll never pay for something like that. <laughs> no, but. not like that. Uh, let me buy a house first so I can have the car yeah, in it exactly. first. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wall to put it on at least with a plaque and like some bulletproof glass. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have that laid around for kids because kids is like, you know, they'll, they won't even know what it's worth until like 15 or something. Right. If, if, till then. But yeah, man, thank you so much again. I appreciate you coming through. And actually, we'll do this if you got time. I mean, we could always do a little segment afterwards with just the Pokemon cards too to kind of delve on that. But thanks so much again for the time. I really appreciate you coming through, though. Yeah, man. Um, great experience. It's an honor. Yeah, an honor yeah. having you here, too, as well. Artist to artist. Is, you know, I'm, a, I'm on a much lesser scale in a whole different realm, but you know what I mean with that and what it implies, too. But don't ever forget, please, anyone out there, something spectacular, who this to host, who's hearing out that intelligence speak speaking, that's me, that's acronym. I embody that because, of course, speak is in the name, but it's also... I just happen to have a spick name as well, too. I can't help it. I can't live that down. I took after my father directly as my mom was that lazy to name me right after him, except the junior at the end. But yeah, something spectacular on all platforms, I hope, I think, at who this dot is on IG, Twitter, who this, YouTube, who this is, one. And get this podcast everywhere you stream your podcast, all DSPs. Video will be up on YouTube as well for all future episodes. And hopefully something we can do real quick with James here as well while we have him. Coastgate, James. Coastgate. Coastgate, James. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's all all due respect, though. You know, I, it's all love at the end of the day. Word. Thanks, man.